evening, everyone. Uh, so the scripture reading for the uh, lesson this evening will be from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 35. Uh, again, if you'd like to follow along, the scripture reading will be Luke 1, 26 through 35. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. This time of year, many are in what is called the Christmas spirit. This means different things for different people. Many are searching for gifts. Some enjoy decorating. Some people look forward to the fellowship of others. And some are all of the above. Uh, I know I personally love that my house is decorated for Christmas. I don't like the actual decorating part, but I love the trees, lights, and good smells that come from all of the decorations. Uh, they just make the house feel warmer and happier this time of year. Uh, and thankfully, Reagan does a great job doing it. Um, while the month and date of Jesus' birth are unknown, by the mid to fourth century, the Western Christian Church had placed Christmas on December 25th, a date later adopted in the Eastern Church as well. The prevailing atmosphere of Christmas has continually evolved since the holiday's inception, ranging from a sometimes raucous, drunken, carnival-like state in the Middle Ages to a tamer, family-oriented, and children-centered theme introduced in the 19th century. Additionally, the celebration of Christmas has been banned on more than one occasion within certain Protestant groups, such as the Puritans, due to concerns that it was too pagan or unbiblical. Jehovah's Witnesses also reject the celebration of Christmas. While Christmas may not be the exact time that Jesus was born, it is when many people celebrate his birthday. The date is not as important as the fact of the event and what it means for each of us. A common saying that we hear people say this time of year, or even see on a bumper sticker, is he's the reason for the season. But what does that really mean? What are we celebrating, and what is the Christmas spirit that people talk about? To get to the heart of the Christmas spirit, I think we first need to understand what, or in this case who, we are celebrating. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died for our sins so that we may have a relationship with God. Although divine, he humbled himself and walked among us. He was humble, generous, forgiving, caring, and loving, both to those that followed him, but to his enemies as well. To celebrate Christmas is to take advantage of another opportunity to celebrate Christ. While we should be in the Christmas spirit year-round, and our actions should always reflect our status as Christians, this time of year provides an opportunity for us to refocus ourselves and take advantage of the collective focus of our friends, families, and community. If we are truly celebrating Christ and exhibiting a Christ-like spirit, 
then we should be mindful of what that really means. The spirit of Christmas is the spirit of Christ, to be like Jesus. This evening, I want you to think about a couple of questions. What is the Christmas spirit, and do you have it? I'm going to discuss a few points that I think exhibit this true spirit of Christmas. One, to praise and worship. Two, to do good. Three, to be rich in good works. Four, to give generously to others. The Christmas spirit is to praise and worship. From Matthew 2.11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. The wise men, when they found Jesus, fell down and worshipped him. We need to keep Jesus and our worship of him front and center of our thoughts and actions at all times. Without this basic focus, celebrating the holiday is hollow. The Christmas spirit is also about sharing Jesus. Luke 2.17 When they, the shepherds, had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Those early shepherds helped to spread the word about the Christ. From Acts 8.4 says the early Christians, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. The early Christians spread the good news about Jesus wherever they went, in the marketplaces, from house to house, in their daily living, everywhere. We need to do the same thing. With the commercialization of Christmas, it's easy to get lost in all of the commotion. Not only do we need to stay focused throughout the year, we need to be encouraging others to remember the real reason we celebrate Christ's birth. The Christmas spirit is to do good. Acts 10.38 says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus said, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you, from Luke 6. Jesus tells us to pray for those who curse us. This is one of the most difficult things to do, but one that Jesus continually did. Even at the point of the cross, in excruciating pain and suffering, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Although it's difficult, we need to be constantly seeking to do good, even for those that are hateful to us. How can we do good? By blessing people. Never pass up an opportunity to pray for someone. A kind word, a hug, a smile, or a simple hello can mean so much. Choose to walk in forgiveness. We're coming to the end of the year. Let go of past hurts and offenses and start the new year with a clean slate. Edmund Burke, a famous philosopher, once said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Don't sit on the sidelines. We're instructed in Matthew 5.16 to, to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We should always be asking ourselves if we're meeting this measure. The Christmas spirit is to be rich in good works. It isn't enough simply to think good thoughts or be in a cheerful mood. There should be outward signs of your journey to be more like Christ, to live as he lived. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. From Matthew 5:41, and whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. When you are to turn the other cheek, we are to go the extra mile. This is rich in good works. How can we continue to be rich in good works? Get involved serving. There are plenty of opportunities 
All we need to do is seek them and be open to them. If you see someone in help, need them. Uh, see someone in need, help them, whether they be a stranger or a friend. We need lots of help in the church, and it's something we discuss regularly. Ushering, greeting, nursery, teaching classes. How can we help? And the Christmas spirit is to give generously. Jesus, of course, gave generously. <clears throat> Not solely of material things, although he did feed 5,000 and perform wondrous miracles for countless individuals. He gave himself to the point of death on the cross. How much more so should we be willing to give generously to others? And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. From Luke 6. Even a sinner, someone who doesn't know God, will lend to those who they think can repay them. But God wants our generosity to be extravagant, giving more than is necessary merely by obligation. We're instructed in Acts 20 that it is more blessed to give than to receive. When we give to others, we are blessed as well. God also wants us to be generous in giving to others, especially the poor. From 1 John 3:17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And from James 2:15 and 16, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? From Psalm 37, the godly are generous givers. To be a Christian equals to be generous. How can we give generously? We've been having a coat drive at church. Have you been able to contribute? There are opportunities throughout the year to sponsor families in need or to donate to other needy causes. Have we all taken advantage of these opportunities? Give generously of your time and energy. We are to give generously according to our means and to our abilities. For some, this may mean large financial donations. For others, it may mean making cards for seniors that don't have family to spend the holidays with. For each person, it may be different, but the ultimate result is the same. Give generously to your fellow man. That's what our Heavenly Father is like, and we want to be like Him. Our generous giving should cause our community to say, what's that all about? Our generosity allows people to see God's generosity. Why should we do all this? From Luke 6 again, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil, therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. We as Christians have a special obligation throughout the year to hold ourselves to a higher standard, to be kinder than others, to do more good works, and to be more generous to our fellow man. The Christmas season provides us with, not, with just another opportunity to focus on these things amidst the stress, clutter, and utter chaos of our day-to-day -day lives. It provides us with an opportunity to
to bring people to Jesus, to focus them on the real reason for the season and what it truly means to be a Christian and to be Christ-like, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I started the lesson this evening by asking, what is the Christmas spirit and do you have it? If you don't, I'd recommend taking some time to think about what celebrating Christ really means and ask yourselves if you're doing it in a way that would bring glory to him. If not, please let us know if there is any way that we can help you regain that focus on Christ and the Christ-like spirit. If there's any way that we can help you, why don't you let us know while we stand and we sing.